I want to take us for a beginning here to uh, Genesis 22. And this is a very familiar story. I think we, we all know it well. It's the story of Abraham and Isaac on Mount Moriah. And what I want to do here today is I want to focus on just a, a particular phrase that comes out of that story. Um, so in verse verse 6, we read this. It says, And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it upon his Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and they went both of them together. And, and the phrase I want to focus on here is this, they they went both of them together. Um, we, we have this picture um, of an aging father and a young son climbing a mountain to perform what seems like a, a extremely grievous and, and almost an impossible task. And as they climbed, we find Isaac um, started to ask his father questions. He asked about the sacrifice. And so as obvious, Abraham had trained him. He understood the need um, to come before God in that way. Um, and even though it looked really desperate for a moment, we find that that they, that they Abraham and Isaac, were united together in the work that was to be done. Um, Abraham probably went really slowly, uh, dreading what was going to come. And it must have felt like the world was caving in on him. But somehow he had come to this conclusion that God, God was going to preserve the promised seed. And in Hebrews 11, 19, we were, we were told that Abraham had concluded this that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. And because of his confidence in God, is after Isaac asked the questions and Abraham answered, we find this repeat of this phrase again in verse 8, that he went both of them together. We see here that Abraham didn't take his servants. Um, he didn't take Sarah. He didn't even take his most trusted servant, Eliezer. Um, but it was only Isaac. Um, you know, if I think about this, I, I can kind of imagine that Abraham and Isaac were close. Um, this was the promised son. This was the one that was going to inherit everything from Abraham. They they had spent time walking in the field and communing about God. And as I mentioned a little bit earlier, Isaac Isaac not only showed trust in his father, but he he knew exactly what needed to happen to worship God uh, as God asked. And so he realized there was a missing sacrifice. He realized something wasn't quite right. So despite the, the bleakness of this moment, there, there probably was not another person that Abraham wanted to be spending time with. It was, it was his precious son. And we can find other examples where we get this very similar phrase. Um, I think of the account of the two men on the Emmaus Road. Um, and it came to pass that while they communed together, and reason, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. And here they were struggling with all that had happened. They struggled with um, with the fact that Jesus had died and the reasoning, and, and they were trying to work through this. And they, they were doing this together as they walked down the road. And, and like the situation with Abraham, God didn't immediately reveal the answer to them, but he gave them time to question, gave them time to process it, gave them time to show their faith and their resolve. And even while they didn't recognize Jesus or feel his presence at the time, God was right there walking with them. In Acts 3, we find Peter and John went together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And for context, this was just after Jesus had gone to heaven. And the Holy Spirit had been delivered to the apostles. And they were trying to figure out what God had in store for them. Um, and we find that here we find them stepping out in faith together. Um, the last example here that I'll use today is in Acts 14.1, where Paul and Barnabas were on a missionary journey, and they, they arrived in Iconium, and they both 
went together into the synagogue of the Jews and so spake that a great multitude both of Jews and also of the Greeks believed. And again, this pattern of stepping out together prior to God working. In each of these examples, we see men of God facing a cloudy future. They had burdens or cares, had struggles that they had they had and they were dealing with. But at the same time, they had this great desire to please and serve the Father. And they understood that following God by themselves is not going to work. Um, so they surrounded themselves with others to go with them, to support, to help, um, and to a certain extent, encourage. Um, even in Abraham's situation where he was to sacrifice his son, we still see that Isaac was the only one with whom he communed with on that day. There wasn't anyone else that he trusted to share the burden. And these instances are really a reflection of, of this group, of this united prayer group. We're united because of our love for God, first of all, and out of that love springs forth our care for each other and those around us. Now, the burdens are various. Um, if we go down the list and ask each of us here today, there's what, 71 on the call, we'd probably come up with about 60 different reasons. Um, wayward children, the gospel message to the lost, you know, the rampant, just seeming unending evil in the world, our decaying churches, um, the disease and brokenness that maybe we or our family members might face, and we could go on and on. And maybe for some of us, it's not a burden. Rather, it's just a, a sharing of work that, that brings real joy but when it's done alone, it seems like this overwhelming task. Um, you know, as an example, we can't expect Stephen here to schedule the meeting request and do all the devotions and pray the entire hour and remember all our prayer requests and send out the email and I could go on and on. But that that is made easier when we when there's some that share in that. And there's some that we share in leading the devotion. There's some that that send encouragement in the chat. Others faithfully pray. Some of you are, are marvelous card senders. You send out encouragement when people are struggling. And at times, there's we get new individuals invited. There's external speakers that come, and it might seem like they don't stay, but maybe as they're walking away, God gives them the desire to do something else. We may not interact with it, but in some way, being here, being part of the group, being part of the devotion and the prayer time um, changes how not only we, but also everyone else that interacts with us views prayer. And we would all agree that <clears throat> that those of us that have prayed together have become closer over time, even developing friendships that we couldn't have imagined. This, this going together is not a surprise if we think about it from a scripture standpoint, because it's truly designed by God. And we see several examples of God designing partnerships in the scripture. Um, first of all, it's in Genesis where God saw it was not good for man to be alone, so he made Adam a helpmeet. In Genesis 2.18. But he didn't stop there because not everyone is married or some have lost spouses, so they are alone. And so in, we find that, that God developed not only just the marriage relationship, but a friendship relationship. In Ecclesiastes 4.9, we find the value of friendship as two are better than one because they had a good reward for their labor. And in Proverbs 24.6, we read their safety in a multitude of counselors. And then Paul takes that even further in the New Testament when he writes to the Corinthian and Ephesian churches that they should be perfectly and fitly joined together as the body of Christ. So it's not just one or two together, but rather an entire body of believers walking and sharing with each other, you know, in essence, going together as they move along. And Paul also told the Galatian church that they should bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So how do we practically apply this? Well, I, I think we've gotten experience with that over the past three years. But as a reminder, we have to start, as Abraham did, by stepping out in faith 
together. He did it with his son. We do it with those around us. But then having that confidence to believe God's going to provide. And I think those two really have to go together uh, for, for this to happen. It's not a matter of if, but when. God might not answer as we thought, but he will come through and provide the right answer, the right blessing, the perfect amount of strength at just the right moment. Um, you know, we live in a broken world. It's still here. We, and as we saw with Abraham and Isaac, they received a ram instead of a lamb. God wasn't ready to send Jesus at that particular moment. Jesus was coming later. There was a time and a place for that to happen. But God gave them just a taste of what was going to come. And so it is with us today. As, as a prayer group, we're going on together, lifting each other up before the Lord. Each of our lives are unique. The burdens, the struggles, the joys, the work we have to do is, is tasked uh, for us. And it reflects the things that we're individually facing and praying. So as we pray together today, let's, let's care like Jesus did. And I believe we do that. But let's also understand that the benefit we enjoy here as a united group is really just a taste of what's to come. It's a taste of the time when we will all gather around the throne and, and be able to worship God together. But today we don't have that. It's not ready for us. We're, it's not our place. So as we, as we go together to prayer today, let's go together sharing the burdens and the cares of this group and those that we interact with by carrying them together unto our loving Heavenly Father.